This is All Things ANSYS, a podcast from the technical support staff at PADT. Episode 75, a discussion covering ANSYS SPIOS and what is new at 2020 R2 for SPIOS. And then a look at the news and events in the ANSYS world. Welcome to episode 75 of our little podcast, and I'm Eric Miller, one of the owners of PADT and your host for these bi-weekly looks into the world of ANSYS software. And happy November 1st, only two more months left in the year of 2020. Yay. It's hard to believe we've reached another milestone, but this is episode 75, which after a quick Google is our diamond episode. I'll save a deep dive for our 100th, but let's take a high level look now at where we are. With 74 episodes published before this one went out, we have 23,058 downloads um, or 312 persons per episode. So we're pretty steady there and around a little over 300 people per episode. Our first episode, uh, if you haven't been listening the whole time, was actually way back when on July 31st in 2017. So over three years now that we've been doing this and our top episode is still our interview with John Swanson, the founder of ANSYS. And if you haven't listened to that, please do go back in the archives, take a listen. It's fantastically interesting. Um, the free version of Podbean, uh, Podbean, uh, that's what we use to broadcast our shows out there. Um, it only shows stats back two years. So what we know for the past two years is that 52.53% of our downloads come from the U.S. Uh, second country is Germany, and then Canada is, and the U.K. are both 4% each. And then the rest, uh, which is which is pretty much... Uh, Oh, gosh, about uh, 40% of it is um, a little bit less. 33% of it is countries from all over the world and a, and a really exciting uh, distribution out there. And uh, people listen on a huge range of services. Apple Podcast is the number one at 30.5%. But 45% of you who listen, listen on a other uh, podcast tool. So there's a big variety out there. I hope all of you have enjoyed listening as much as we enjoy making these little audio episodes. And uh, here's to the next 25, onward to 100. So let's get going with today's show. Uh, as a preamble, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about shifting gears to take a look at one of the newer, but not the newest. We'll talk about what the newest one is, addition to the ANSYS family. And it's called ANSYS SPIOS, and it's for modeling basically the way light behaves. And uh, let's listen. We, we start off with a little discussion about what it is and then what's new at 2020 R2. So please take a listen. Well, I want to thank everybody for joining us again for another conversation with uh, Rob here. Today, Rob, we're going to talk about SPIOS. Is that right? That is correct. So a little bit of a background, and, and, I, and I've confessed on the podcast before, and I'll confess again that you know I'm a, I'm a mechanical engineer who has managed to get his head around uh, fluid flow and electromagnetics well enough to be dangerous. And then ANSYS started modeling light. <laughs> and with the acquisition of the, the, the company that includes SPIOS, um, we really opened up a whole new world of simulating the behavior of um, that that spectrum of electromagnetic radiation, right? Light, uh, both both visible and infrared, and uh, as well as visible light. And um, SPIOS has been coming along for a while, and uh, along with all the other ANSYS products, and we'll talk about that. Um, they're now in sync and uh, released their R two uh, twenty twenty R two. So we want to 
But first, um, we if people didn't listen to the last time we chatted, I'd like you to introduce yourself and then maybe give us a little bit of an overview, very high level of what you use Spios for. All right, will do. All right, so I'm Rob McCatherine. I've uh, been a application engineer with PADT for I think this month it's two years. I think so. And uh, and you know uh, prior to that I used uh, Ansys for the better part of I had like twelve years or so um, doing uh, structural and marine stuff for ship design. So um, my hand my experiences you know, leans heavily towards uh, the structural end as well. Um, but that, that's about it for me. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, head on over to the Spaos side. So Spaos is kind of like a light simulation environment. Mm. So, you know, whether you're looking at, uh, um, investigating how sensors are interpreting the world around them, or you're looking at a, uh, a lighting scheme or interior exterior, or you're looking at some interfaces like say um, new interfaces in uh, automobiles and then uh, planes, or you're looking to simulate a, uh, the inside of, let's say inside of a cockpit of an airplane mm-hmm. and there are different conditions, you know, whether it's stormy outside, whatever. And um, you know, based on vision of users, things like that. Um, it's it's very into simulating optics in general. Yeah, it seems really powerful, and I and I like the way you said that it's kind of an environment because what what I get from it a little bit I've looked at it is it's really about what does this look like to a human. Or what does it look like to a sensor, a you know, a, a CMOS, or I don't think they use CMOS anymore. I'm dating myself, but whatever the silicon is that's measuring the light, right? Yeah, yeah. They got a lot of stuff with uh, lidar and stuff like that for uh, automated driving mm-hmm. sensors, mm-hmm. such like that. Um, yeah, so so a lot of a lot of new things. Um, when we first started looking at it, I know that it was very popular um, for for modeling the inside of cars. Like what what when you turn the light on in your BMW, um, that's been modeled in Spios, right? So you you, you can you can read. Well, I was gonna say you can read the map. Nobody does that anymore. But uh, <laughs> you can you can turn it on and and read whatever it is you need to read or find your phone on the floor. Um, <laughs> it, exactly, and yeah. uh, you know you can you can see stuff like glares and you know mm-hmm. feedbacks that way from different environments so you know it would have caught the uh the lovely glare i had on my center console and my old 2010 chevy equinox it just <laughs> blurred right into my eyeballs <laughs> trip would have caught that um so uh that the automotive industry has been using it heavily for simulating interiors Mm-hmm. Um, and now more and more aircraft interiors as well, where it's really important, right, to have the right lighting in that cockpit or or even in the cabin for the passengers to get that. If you've been on a newer airplane, it's kind of fancy how the lighting works now. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, whether it's looking at you know, like the human machine interface kind of thing, just seeing what all the instrumentation looks like under different conditions or whether it's saying, hey, I've got a heads up display, you know, how does that look right now? And, and various conditions and as well as just you know saying hey i'm gonna put a bunch of leather chairs in here with this color and that and dressing it all up so it can do from you know a fairly uh oh kind of like <laughs> interior decorating way mm-hmm. to full right. on like i'm gonna make a you know i'm gonna put this into you know a, a fighter jet and see what it looks like um so there's a wide range anything that's under the you know purview of optics 
Uh, right. Store displays there. is a good example, right? Mm-hmm. When you've got, you want to light up something in a store display and see what it looks like. And like everything else with simulation, right? Our, our whole careers have been moving from building it and testing it to creating a virtual prototype and testing it. And now we can look at how lighting goes. And and one area that I, that I, that I know that our customers have been using it besides the LiDAR and other sensors is when you replace a rather relatively large light bulb with a bunch of smaller LEDs, you know, what what does the light pattern look like? What color is it? How warm is it? Do you get spotting, you know, because you've got multiple sources now? Um, and you can you can model all that with with this tool. Right, right. So whether you're looking at, I believe the word is, uh, I know it's not colorimetry, but it's, you know, yeah, ra- rheometry, intensity, <laughs> luminance, yeah. luminance, uh, yes. all, all that stuff. So <laughs> all, all the, the fun terms I'm having to uh, relearn and remember <laughs> after years of being out of optics. So, <laughs> so <it's>, exactly. <laughs> right. The college class, I wish I would have paid more attention. So, so what it, what it is not is a replacement for tools like ZMAX, right? Where you're, where you're, and is it, what's the other one called? Is it code five? Is the other one? I can't remember. Um, but you know, uh, uh, designing the intricacies and the very precise shape of your lenses and mirrors, you would use those tools to do that and then take the output from that in and put it into this tool to see what it looks like in a, on a bigger scale. And, and also really important point. Um, if you've got lenses in terms of not, not like optical lenses, but like colored lenses um, that are between the light and what you're shining the light on, it, it does a really good job of modeling that as well. So tail lights are a great example. Right. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Cool. And then I think the other only feature worth mentioning before we talk about R2, I'd like you to talk a little bit more about um, are the libraries. That seems to be a really, uh, it seems like two really important features that matter to customers are CAD import and the pre-existing library. Can you talk about both of those? Yeah, sure. So as far as CAD import goes, uh, Spaos was originally just kind of a, a tag on to CAD programs. So it would just be like an extension that gets placed over it within your CAD program. And I know they uh, I'd previously used Spaos with uh, SolidWorks this way. And uh, now, obviously, it's working inside along with SpaceClaim. Um, works with NX and Creo as well in much the same way. So you're you you know you're starting up Spaos, and then if you start up ANSA Spaos, you get uh, the usual space claim interface along with a couple of ribbons that are absolutely space oriented. Um, and okay. so it's kind of how it stacks in with CAD. Um, and as for the, the library, I mean, it's got, uh, I believe right here, 4,000 samples. Um, there's an online resource, uh, but also you can download it through the ANSYS customer portal. Um, and that is just all 4,000 different materials with all sorts of optical properties you're looking for, like mm-hmm. absorption, uh, you know, if it textures, things like that, because part of it is going to be with the rendering of the materials as well. Good, good. And I think that's really important because what what makes this not just the rendering tool in your video game is those materials, right? The, the, the very accurate physics based uh, absorption and reflection and, and uh, refraction and, uh, you know, if it's passing through, it's translucent, you know, getting those things right. And, um, 
if if it's not in that library, I think they even have a piece of hardware you can buy that will get those properties for you, if I remember correctly, um, from back when they acquired them. So um, it it's really is a powerful tool. And so, you know, one of the reasons why we want to have it on the podcast is so that people, a lot of people are designing automotive products, consumer products, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, what does the lighting look like on your display panel with your light pipes and your LEDs and things like that? Um, or, or medical devices, lighting's very important with medical devices. Um, there's a lot of areas where I know at PADT, we've always just said, okay, well, we'll worry about that when we build the prototype, we'll figure out the lighting then. Yeah. We don't have to do that anymore. We can figure out the lighting now, uh, right. early in the design using a tool like this, all the way up to I'm designing these complicated sensors for autonomous driving, and uh, I can accurately get see what they're going to quote-unquote see. Um, so. Right, exactly. It, it measures that there's a uh, there's a level of it included uh, uh, called the, the human vision perspective, where it's kind of taking in the physiology of the human eye. And uh, and according to different conditions with the human eye, so it's like they have a good example where you're you're driving down a road, and you can view the inside of the vehicle as if you know there's somebody is you know 20 years old and driving it, 40, 60. And so yeah, the, the I, I was gets worse, worse. I was really offended by that. Hey, I'm, I'm my slow 60s. and steady. <laughs> I'm slowly and steady getting there. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second, that's actually right. The other yeah. thing I, I wanted to put in there is how dirty my glasses are. Um, oh. I'm 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 a new wearer of readers, and um, I have not yet got to the point where I realize that um, as the day progresses, they get foggier and foggier, and, and my vision's not going. I just need to clean my glasses. But yeah. you'd be able to model that with this tool, which is pretty yep. cool. <laughs> All right. Well, anything else that, that's general that people should know before we talk about what's new in R2? I think that's just the, the – I think we hit the major points of it. Um, yeah. yeah, that's about it. I mean, it, it does the full range, you know, UV to infrared, like near-infrared, and then also there's a far-infrared uh, section as well. Cool. Um, cool. That's about it. Yeah, especially when you're doing sensors, that's very important. Um, yeah, so so before we get into the what's new, I think the key thing to pass on to folks is um, if you've got questions in your design that involve light, you know, reach out. Um, it, this may be the right tool for your company, or there's consultants that use this tool um, to do this kind of simulation. If you're not, if you don't need it all the time, um, and it's it's a really powerful capability. And like I said, we're 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 talking to people that felt like they had everything they needed simulation wise, and then we show them Spios, and they go, "Oh, we need that." <laughs> so <laughs> uh, it's it's been really a, a good experience as we've gotten more acquainted with it. But let's talk about R two. Um, so I, I think, um, the, the thing I want to talk about most, uh, first off is the fact that it's more integrated with ANSYS, correct? There, what, what happened there? I think that's, uh, delivered or I can't remember exactly. Yeah, that is in there. There's a, uh, well, first, the, first off, there's a unified installer now. So it's limited. It's all a lot of different bits and pieces separately. That's all under one from which executable. How do you want to do it from the customer portal? Mm -hmm. Um, there's. Multi-version installation support. The help is now an ANSYS help. It's kind of all brought over uh, that way, and uh, the rest of the integration it um, it's it opens kind of separately, um, but mm -hmm. it does tie into you know Workbench through mm -hmm. you know mechanical thermal modeling stuff like that. Um, 
Right, you can do a true multiphysics in that you can you can have say a a, a tail light lens, right, plastic mm-hmm. like red plastic, and when it gets hot, it distorts, um, and um, that distortion then um, causes the optics to change, and you can model that. You can you can go from therm, uh, ANSYS thermal to ANSYS mechanical back to SPIOS. Right, yeah, very cool. Very, very cool. Um, okay, so that's that's the integration, and I think it's integrated with Help now as well, which is really mm-hmm. cool. Um, then the the, um, the kind of going backwards here from the way they always list them, uh, productivity enhancements. I'll be honest with you, I don't know enough about Spios to know what really matters here. What what excited you the most uh, in these enhancements? Well, I think uh, just first off is the improvement in speeds in terms of large assemblies because that's always okay. a, a thing i've had to uh, deal with in a past life mm-hmm. is uh ansys and other fea programs processing large assemblies um and so they've taken all of that time down and uh, uh secondly i think a big thing would be that they've got everything uh i guess like a, a there's an assembly tree now so you can look at your sensors simulation sources that's all compiled in a tree it's organized you don't have to you know, do bookkeeping on your end that's mm-hmm. done for you with it. So it's just a lot of quality of life improvements. You can imagine on a large assembly, that would be really frustrating. <laughs> um, and, um, okay. A- anything else on, on the, uh, uh, productivity enhancements or is that really the big one? Yeah, there's, uh, some additions to the, the API. So if you're, you know, into scripting a lot with it, they've made additions there. That's more visible now. Um, <laughs> and you know we can provide more information on that, or you know tune into uh, my my webinar. Was it next right. week or so? So, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we always say that it's better if you if this if we piqued your interest, go to the webinar so you can see it. Well, I think the vision is clear with this product that it's important <laughs> to see as much as you can. Um, the optics are are really good. <laughs> I, I put all my puns in one statement. Um, right. So, so another one that I think is really important is um, something about um, the uh, raw signal for optical cameras. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, with that, that's mainly for a uh, like a camera sensor illumination mm-hmm. fall off kind of thing. So it's yep. looking at spectral irradiance, and uh, so with that, it's like you know the the luminance, illuminance of uh, images it's receiving. Um, so instead of just like a, a regular picture, it's it's taking that and post-processing it um, on mm-hmm. that side. So if you're looking at uh, things for like white balance gain, signal perturbation. So it's kind of like instead of modeling the eye, they're modeling the chip and then telling you what the chip's going to see. Is that a good way? And then you can put in signal processing in front of it. Is that a good way to think of it? Yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty good with that. Yeah, yeah, I I, I got to get my head around these things. I, I think it's so cool, but uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> I, I I want to do more. I'm, I'm we're trying to get more um, uh, of these consumer product projects. One of the reasons why I'm excited about a couple of them is that they do have some trans- transparent parts, and uh, letting the customers let us use this tool on them will be a big push. Big push. Um, and then I think the last thing that's new 
um, and, and I, I'm, you're gonna, I'm gonna have to trust you on this one. Was called variable existence source. Could you explain what that is and why why one would care? So it's looking like it's doing like some some ray tracing, and uh, so you're you're adding more like I guess it's like luminance maps to like a source input. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're you're combining that with ray tracing to do more. But pretty much just more lighting, more accuracy. So it's it's okay. just like an increased level of that, and you can kind of review the action near real time. I mean, there's uh, a lovely little uh, uh, little video, a little GIF that shows uh, them moving around like a a car. I guess it's it's a brake light or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's on the some back end, and mm-hmm. uh, it's showing the um, reflection of the glass because there's some lights that are reflected within, and it's going you know back and mm-hmm. forth through it. And that's as they're twisting and moving it. That's what you're seeing it with. Yes, so. you're seeing. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Very valuable for people designing that kind of thing. Um, and I think I think that's pretty much it for new, right? Uh, it was mostly they were just kind of integrating it more into Ansys. I think that was the, the bulk of this release, right? Yeah, that seems to be the, the big focus is getting, you know, like other products that had kind mm-hmm. of been operating outside here and there. They're now mm-hmm. being fully brought in, trying to get more into similar UX, UI. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of across the board. So that's the big push. Yeah, Ansys is really good about that. Um, when they acquire somebody, they don't sh- they don't ignore them, and at the same time, they don't shove them into the product family. They they kind of let it uh, let products find their way when it's the right time. Um, and I I know that we really appreciate it as people who have to support what's being done. Yeah. Uh, it's it's nice to to make that. Uh, and and I don't know if you saw, but I'll talk about it in the news section um, that Ansys acquired another company. Um, and um, I look forward to their integration as well. It's uh, uh, models the, the behavior of objects in orbit. So, oh, that's pretty uh, cool. Yeah, total, totally other end of the spectrum. <laughs> and at that note, <laughs> I will leave it. <laughs> and uh, I want to thank you for your time. And um, like like you mentioned, you're going to be doing a webinar next week, um, and I'll have information on that um, in in the notes as well as uh, in my discussion after this. But I, I always really appreciate your time and helping explain to me these products I'm not as familiar with, um, and appreciate your patience. All right. Well, thanks, Eric. Glad to be here. Yeah. Well, have a good uh, rest of the week and we'll talk to you soon. All right. You too. Have a good one. As you can tell, this is a very powerful tool that more and more companies are finding a need for. Do check it out uh, and uh, attend our webinar on November 4th. You can attend live or view the recording. As always, you can find these uh, webinars at www.padtinc.com slash events or go to brighttalk.com and search for PADT SPEOS, that's S-P-E-O-S, and it should show up. For our commercial this week, I want to talk about training through PADT. There are a lot of options out there for learning ANSYS, and one of those options are training classes through PADT. We can work with you to develop the right course material for your team and deliver it to you remotely or after COVID-19 in person. And we offer more than a custom curriculum. We use our expert support engineers to teach the classes, so you will be interacting with someone that can answer your questions and translate what the class, um, what is in the class to real-world applications. And that interaction during the class is why companies continue to come to PADT for their ANSYS training. To learn more, visit www.padtinc.com training or email joewoodward, joe.woodward 
at PADTINC.com. Joe is our lead engineer for training and can answer all your questions. News-wise, well, we only have one piece of news, and it's pretty big. Ansys has made another large acquisition. This was a $700 million purchase of a company called Analytical Graphics, Inc., better known as AGI. AGI is described in the press release as, a, quote, a premier provider of mission-driven simulation, modeling, testing, and analysis software for aerospace, defense, communications, and intelligence applications. End quote. Uh, my limited exposure to them, uh, it's a tool for modeling basically how satellites behave in orbit. So you model the whole mission while it's up there. Um, a visit to their website, agi.com, shows that beyond things in orbit, they do aircraft and missile systems. They also uh, do hypersonics, radar, infrared, and other kinds of simulation, which overlap a bit with ANSYS. And it'll be interesting to see uh, what we what we add from them and what we replace from the ANSYS suite. Um so mission simulation is kind of kind of a step above and beyond. It's kind of, it's system level simulation, but instead of looking at a given event or a series of events, you look at the entire behavior of the uh, the system through its entire mission. So your virtual model is run for a very long period of time. It's pretty cool. And as you can imagine, if you're doing satellites and missiles and things like that, it's very important. So AGI is a 30-year-old program. And like ANSYS, it's based in Pennsylvania. However, they're on the other side of the state. They're a suburb of Philadelphia and not a suburb of Pittsburgh like ANSYS is, but, but still very close. And what this allows is for users to model their aerospace systems all the way from the chip you know, using maybe the Apache products to the entire mission. So if you're doing a, say, a small sat of some kind, a little micro satellite, you can use ANSYS for the entire thing, including your cameras, your radar, your communication, your thermal, your stress, your vibe, you know, everything down to the chip level and all the way to having it spin around the earth a hundred million times. So pretty cool stuff. Um, the um, I first became aware of them when Ansys partnered with them to allow you to couple Ansys tools to their software, so you could use Ansys to do co-simulation. And I guess that's been taken a step further. Um, as you can imagine, more and more satellites are being put up, and you can so you can see how a tool like this will be used by a growing number of people to manage more uh, on-orbit based platforms. And as we learn more, I think other systems beyond just satellites. This is why Ansys paid $700 million for the company. Uh, the deal was 67%. Of course, this is all according to the press release. 67% is cash and 33% is Ansys stock. And Ansys will take on debt financing to pay for this. So they're not gonna, they're still gonna keep cash reserves just in case, who knows? Um, and the uh, press release estimates that this will add around 75 to 85 million in additional revenue in 2021. So we can we can assume that AGI sales were in the 70 million, 75 to 85 million dollar range. Um, so we've got a you know a little bit over nine plus uh, times multiple on annual revenue for the purchase price. So we have a lot more to learn, uh, how this is going to play, uh, how it's going to impact other things, what what hidden gems are in the AGI suite. So we're very excited about, about learning more and uh, finding out um, how we can use that with our customers that do these kind of uh, simulations. So uh, let's go ahead and move on to the ANSYS stock. The Q3 earnings call is scheduled for November 5th, so this coming week that the podcast comes out. Um, and as usual, the stock goes down a little bit before that. Usually the stock goes down when an acquisition. And then on top of all that, the S&P 500 has gone down. So the stock has uh, fallen quite a bit, actually, from 357, which was the peak a couple weeks ago, to 304 
37 this week. So this that's Friday. Let's see, today is uh, November 1st. So that would have been the 30th. Friday, uh, October 30th is when it was 304.37. So, um, you know, that's that's to be expected. Um, just as comparison, the S&P 500 is now pretty flat for the year. Um, it's, it's at 1.21% uh, up since the beginning of the year. And ANSYS is up 18.24%, so outperforming the S&P. But as we all know, um, maybe you're listening to this after Tuesday, uh, election day, but so next week, uh, or this coming week, we've got the election. um, And it looks like COVID-19 cases will peak this week, if not the following week. Hopefully, they're they're done peaking. And Various states are going to respond to this new peaking of COVID in different ways with economic issues. And then ANSYS will also, in this week, release their Q3 numbers. So all of these things will probably impact the share price. And I have no idea. Usually I have no idea. Now I really have no idea how that's going to impact everything. So um, they'll be releasing their info, the election, COVID. Wow. We'll see what happens Uh, in two weeks. We'll talk about it. Um, News-wise, um, there's the only thing really worth mentioning is the uh, acquisition of AGI. And um, let's go ahead and move on to events. So PADT has quite a few events going on this month. Uh, many are ANSYS-related. Some are community-related. Um, the first, actually, we have four events on the fourth. Two of, I'll do the first two, which are ANSYS-related. Um, this, uh, The webinar on the SPIOS 2020 R2 is going to be on the fourth from 11 to noon. These are all uh, Phoenix times, which is no longer longer the same as Pacific. We're now back on Mountain Standard Time. And um, that is at 11. And then at one o'clock, ANSYS is actually hosting a webinar called Accelerate Productivity and Innovation with ANSYS Fluent. So if you want to learn more about some of the new stuff and some of the cool stuff that Fluent does, um, that is at one o'clock Eastern Time, which is going to be... 10 our time, I think. 10, 11, 12. No, that would be one. Uh, yeah. Uh, 11 o'clock Phoenix time because we're two hours now. So um, do check that out. And then we have two other events that day. In the morning, we'll be taking part in the New Mexico Experience IT Conference, Experience IT Conference, which is their annual um, uh, tech council event in New Mexico. And there's plenty up into two days as a virtual conference this year instead of a one-day thing. And that's going to be from 9 to 1. So if you are in New Mexico, I highly recommend that you attend that event. Uh, the next day uh, on the um the fifth is going to be day two, which is in the afternoon, I believe. That's also in the morning. So day one and uh, starts at nine and day two starts at nine on the fifth. And um, big event here in Phoenix for the, Arizona, for the Arizona Technology Council is our annual Governor's Celebration of Innovation Awards, which will also, of course, be virtual. Uh, we'll be, uh, PDT is a sponsor of that. I'll be speaking. Um, we hand out, uh, PDT sponsors the awards, which are handed out. And that's from 4 to 7.30. So if you're involved in the Arizona tech community at all, I highly recommend you attend that event. And that is online. And then that's all on the 4th. On the 5th, we've got, like I said, the second day of the New Mexico Experience IT Conference. And then um, I'll be hosting our 8th edition of the Arizona Tech Business Networking Event, which is where we invite people in the Arizona technology community. You don't have to be a member of any group or anything. You just have to be interested in technology business in the state of Arizona. And that's from 5 to 6.30 on the 5th as well. And then the following week, um, we've got another webinar put on by ANSYS 
called Accelerate Productivity and Innovation with Ansys Mechanical. So like the Fluent event on the 4th, the event on the 11th is going to be on Mechanical. And then we will also be sponsoring and speaking at the 8th Annual Aerospace Aviation Defense and Manufacturing Conference, which is an Arizona Technology Council event. And that is on the 12th from 1 to, uh, I think, 4.30 in the afternoon. That's Phoenix time again. So if you're part of the Arizona Aerospace, Aviation, Defense, and Manufacturing world, we highly recommend you attend that event. We're going to be hosting a great uh, talk about using additive manufacturing for 3D printing as well as some other um, interesting topics. Uh, a good friend of mine is going to be the keynote speaker talking about uh, batteries and how batteries are impacting, how they're manufactured, and how they're kind of changing the world. Um, so that's uh, going to be also during part of that event. So uh, do check that out if you're part of the Arizona tech community. And that is it for events. And it's gone a bit long uh, with all the news and everything. So um, I'm talking about episodes uh, 75. So I'll skip blog posts and just wrap things up. And I want to thank everybody for listening once again. Don't forget to subscribe to www.padtinc.com slash opt-in to get our newsletter and spread the word. Let other people know about this podcast and please have them and yourself subscribe to get it every other week. Don't hesitate to reach out. And thank you very much for listening. Thank you for joining us for the All Things Ansys podcast, episode 75. As a reminder, this podcast is not affiliated in any way with Ansys Inc., and the opinions expressed are those of the people on the show only and not of their current or former employers. For more information, visit www.padtinc.com blog, and please share your thoughts and questions through an email to podcast at padtinc.com. See you next time.